but somebody needed to work in the factories and offices to keep the country running. Women stepped in and filled the task. When the men came back, the women, quite correctly, realized they didn't want to just stay at home anymore. They wanted to continue to work and continue to contribute to society and make money and so on. Making money was fun, and it gave them independence. They weren't reliant anymore on the man bringing home the paycheck and the women having the bacon ready you know, for the man when he came home. I don't even know when that commercial or that phrase was popularized, but at some point, women decided, you know what, we're going to keep working. So suddenly we went from having single-income families to two-income families in a booming post-war economy. For the first time in about 30 years after the Great Depression, Americans had money, and a lot of it. American industrialization was spreading throughout the world. Before long, the U.S. controlled the global economy. Global conglomerates rose from the ashes of near-bankrupt companies that barely survived the Great Depression that had happened just 20 years earlier. For the first time in decades, Americans didn't have to worry about losing their jobs. I think unemployment was at about 2 or 3%, which is basically zero. There were plenty of jobs, and men and women were there to fill them. The rise of the double-income family brought more money than ever into every house. So what did everyone do with this money? They bought the so-called American dream, uh, and I'm putting that in quotes, American dream, because where did that phrase even come from? It wasn't, there wasn't an, in the Declaration of Independence that everyone had the right to the American dream. It wasn't in the Constitution. The dream was never thought of by the founders of the U.S., but became so ingrained in our culture starting in the 1950s that to dispute it would be almost as anti-American as disputing the wisdom of the U.S. Constitution. But what was the American dream? It started with the house with the white picket fence. You didn't have to live in the cities anymore. Suddenly, you could move out into the suburbs. You could have a yard. You could have a white picket fence. You could have a car to get to work. You could have a pool to survive the hot summers. And then suddenly, you could have a, a TV to keep you entertained in the now quiet suburban nights. And if you had extra money after that, which many people did, you started to send your kids to college because you were aspiring for them to even succeed more than you had succeeded. You might think I'm using the phrase American dream because that's just the general expression people use to describe this scenario. I wish that were the case. In fact, the American dream comes from a marketing campaign Fannie Mae developed to convince everyone to start taking out a mortgage. It may be the best marketing slogan ever conceived because it's so ingrained in our bodies now. It helped build up the $15 trillion mortgage industry that unfortunately has now collapsed on everyone. For our entire lives, we have been fooled by marketing slogans of one sort or other, but this has to be the, the master marketing slogan that the masters of the universe created. And I don't say this in an evil way. They were just doing their jobs. But now we have to learn how to discern the foolish from the wise and build our own lives. There's a saying, the learned man aims for more, but the wise man decreases and then decreases again. This is not to say we should give up everything we've worked hard for. We should continue to work hard and continue to succeed. But it's also a way we need to train our minds, our bodies, literally our very souls to kind of discern what it is we want that's truly a want that's coming from inside as opposed to the wants and needs and desires that are propelled on us by our colleagues, by the marketing messages that hit us every day by our parents, by our bosses, by our friends, by our families, by our neighbors, and so on. 
So, again, what happened after the 1950s? We're all trying to keep up with the Joneses, so suddenly double incomes were not enough. Suddenly we had to get a bigger house. Suddenly we had to have every kid in college. Suddenly we had to have a bigger TV. How could we keep paying for that? The 1960s fueled the wealth engine with a stock market boom. And when the stock market stalled, the 1970s kept it going by having massive inflation. The value of the dollar was going down, so suddenly people felt like they were flush with dollars and people's incomes kept going up. The term keeping up with the Jones family was actually firmly introduced into the popular culture in 1976 to refer to the idea that we are never satisfied anymore. No matter how many material goods we accumulate, there's this mysterious Jones family who has more. 